0: Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message.
1: Well, welcome. Good to be back with you again today. I hope you had a great week. And if you're uh, just visiting, this is your first time, uh, let me say thank you for coming. I'm glad that you're visiting with us. I consider you my special guest. Anyway, we're continuing on in a book in the Old Testament called Ruth. And last week we started a two-part series of in Ruth in chapter 3 called A Divine Romance. And so this is the second part. So if you missed last week's, you might want to catch up on that. You can go to our website and and do so and get you caught up as to where we're going. But today we're going to talk about uh, Ruth and her beau, Boaz. And this time we're going to be looking at some of his responses, as well as the implications that this has for us, those who are Christ followers today. So it's going to be fun. I, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope God speaks to your heart today. That's my real desire. Well, if you, if, since you're here with us, I'd like you to join in. And what we normally do is we have an affirmation that we say over ourselves every week because we want as much of God's blessings as we can stand. All right. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome all he has for me today. By his word, he guides me. By his spirit, he strengthens me. By his will, he is transforming me. I am his workmanship, his unique work of art. And may his will be done in me today, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. All right. Well, we've made it all the way to verse 10, and what we find here in verse 10 is that Boaz begins to respond to Ruth. In just a short, Uh, recap. Ruth, uh, prompted by her advisor, her mother-in-law, Naomi, says, listen, I know that Boaz kind of likes you, you know, he's kind of into you. And uh, he is in our family line. He is our kinsman redeemer. He's someone who could really help us out in the family, and he's honorable. And so I want you to go down to where he's working, and after he's eaten and kind of sleeping, I want you to sneak in and hang out with him. Okay, and in doing so, she puts herself out there and we see that she's putting it all on the line for this guy. And it leads to what we would consider her proposing marriage. And so after this happens, this is how Boaz responds. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you're a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of your family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, a very common saying, very revered saying, I will do it. That was like totally swearing on it. He'll lie here until morning. First thing he does is that he praises her for her actions. Um, just a little note, her actions really put her in a precarious situation because her mother-in-law said, go, hang out, find where he's staying, and then slip under his sleeping bag near his feet, okay, which could be seen as pretty, you know, precarious, a little (laughs) awkward, and so he wakes up and he finds her there, and she's like, hey, look, guy, I think we should be together, and you're somebody who can really make a difference in our family, and I think we would make a good team, And she was looking for a mate. She wasn't looking for someone to date. She was looking for a mate, someone to build a life with. Well, he praises her for her actions. He didn't say, what are you stupid? You put yourself out there. You could have got us both in trouble here. What are people going to think? He didn't. He's like, you know what? I appreciate your bravery. You see, Boaz recognized her character. He'd been watching her. He'd been seeing her in the field. People were talking, you know, hey man, Ruth's a hard-working gal. And so he sees her actions again, and he's blown away. You see, Boaz, though she may be beautiful, we don't know, there's a good indication that she is, um, recognized the true beauty of who she was. And guys, let me tell you, a woman's character who she is and how she portrays herself is a lot more important than anything that you could see on a selfie or some really cool filter, okay? Uh, when it comes to looking for a mate, guys, take all the filters off, all right? You want to see the real thing, and, and that's what Boaz believed he saw. He saw a courageous, brave woman who was willing to let her choice be known, all right? Okay. She could, okay, she made a right choice, but she could have chosen other people. Listen, he said to her, you know, you have not run after the younger men, okay? What is he saying there? He's saying, dude is a little bit up in years. He does not consider himself as one of the younger men, okay? Now, let's back up just a second. Her husband had died. Her brother-in-law had died. Her father-in-law had died. And so she had already been married. She'd been married once before, and no doubt she was married to a younger man. And because of Elimelech and Ruth's uh, testimony of who they were, it was probably a good fellow, right? Uh, probably a stand-up guy. But, you know, the great thing about stories of love is that they're all different, aren't they? You know, you can talk to different couples and say, well, this is how we met, and these are the things that I really liked about her, and this is the, these are the things that made me give a second glance, you know, to him. And, and that's the way it is here. You see, it's not like biblical pattern. All right, ladies, according to the book of Ruth, if you're a younger woman, don't go after young men, only go after the old dude who has a well-established life and who can take care of you. Okay. That's not what the scripture is saying. Each story is different. The story of Mary and Joseph is different. Um, And and how couples come together is similar because we're all human, but they're different. And in this case, okay, in this case, it was perfect. It was perfect for Boaz and it was perfect for Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. Listen, ladies, I just want to say it, the best looking guy... May not be the greatest choice for you, you see, and the the mate or the type of person your friend married or people that you respect married may not be the personality type for you, okay Not everybody in that day was looking for Boaz or he would have already had someone right okay and and there would have been women around him sort of coming up and, and proposing but Ruth saw it, okay? Ruth saw it. You know, one of the things that's hard for people to believe uh, is that God would actually, you know, make two people that are compatible for each other, right? It's sort of like, well, that's a fairy tale, right? That doesn't really happen. Well, I think it can happen. It just depends on your attitude and how willing you are to, to, to um, admire the person and their, their attributes, the, the things that make them them. And so she was, even though he was an older dude, even though he recognized, hey, you could have found somebody better looking and younger. I, I'm, I'm proud of you that you chose me. He was honored that she chose him. Man, I tell you, that's what you want. That's a relationship that's starting out with mutual respect, right? Mutual respect, and that's what they had. Now, being vulnerable is not easy, is it? It's, in fact, it's one of the scariest things to do, to really be vulnerable with, with someone and to share who you are and to put yourself out there like Ruth did. And so she was vulnerable and she opened herself up to Boaz. And you know, sometimes, you know, you worry about if I open myself up, what is someone, someone going to do? Are they going to take advantage of it? Are they going to hurt me? What are they going to do? Not Boaz. Boaz responds to her vulnerability with strength and following her request. Okay. Verse 11. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you're a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I'm a, your guardian redeemer of your family, there's another who's more closely related than I. Um, Boaz was her first choice, but he wasn't the person who was first in line for the opportunity. You see, there, it, it fell to the person who was closest in relation. And that person would be able to come along, get the land from Naomi, but that would mean also that he would need to marry Ruth and raise up children for them, okay, so that the, uh, the, the, the family line wouldn't be completely lost, all right? And so there was a hurdle. Her choice was Boaz, but hey, Boaz says, look, there's somebody else in line. And I'm sure Naomi knew this as well. And he says, I'm going to take care of it. Now, notice what a stand up guy he is. Okay, he says, although I'm your guardian redeemer, there's another who's more closely related than I. Stay here for the night and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Now hang out here or lie here till morning. Okay. Boaz could have been shady. He could have just said, look, listen, you know, um, they say our love can't pay the rent, but we won't find out till all the money's spent. You know, I got you, babe. If you never heard that song before, it's not because it's because you're not 100 years old. Now, Here's, 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 here's the idea. Boaz is not saying, let's do something shady. Let's skip over the rules. Let's do something against our community. And let's, you know, just do our own thing. Who cares what anybody else thinks, right? And when it, sometimes when it comes to love, we can get selfish and insecure and think that, that nobody else is around. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I, during this whole, COVID stay-at-home thing, I find myself watching (laughs) movies I've seen years ago, but um, it was a beautiful movie about a culture, and this gal wanted to get married and wanted to do it her own way, but the force of her family and community and the way things that were done properly within that community really overrode a lot of her own personal preferences. And in the end, they loved it because the whole community was there partaking in the wedding and being a part of their love. To simply say that, you know what, we're going to get married. We're not going to be involved in our families or anything else is ludicrous. There's a bigger, wider community that you belong to okay? And there are certain, you know, little notes in there, little things that say, hey, you know, that's not a good idea. This is a good idea. This is who we are. This is what we do. There's nothing wrong with being a part of that. You know, like in the Christian community, Christ follower community, there's a lot of things that are important, nice virtue signals that you want to meet as a couple, because you're not only getting married for yourselves, you're doing so as a member of a community, these two were going to build a life within the community. So if they were going, if he was really going to honor her, he would never put her in a position to do something shady. Fellas, clue up, bang, here we go, here's the deal. Don't put your lady in a position, okay, where she has to be seen as shady in the community, okay? You always want to keep her. What did he say? You are a woman of noble character. Everybody knows it. And so he's not going to mess with that. If he does anything, he's going to enhance it. Okay. He tells her, don't be afraid. This means that, hey, gal, you've exposed your heart. Okay. And your soul to the right man. I will not harm harm you, nor will I take advantage of you. Guys, that's a stand-up Boaz. That's who you want to be. If a woman shows her vulnerability to, to you, you do not want to take advantage of that, okay? You want to care for it. When anybody is vulnerable and shares their heart, my friends, that's our cue to be careful, to see it as an honor, and to do everything that we can to protect it, okay? Then he says, I'll do all you ask. I got no problem with a gal. He has a love that's willing to redeem. That's big. You know, there she is, disadvantaged. Uh, usually, a lot of times, folks who are poor and disadvantaged, uh, it's easy for those who to want to come along and take advantage of them. Why anyone would take advantage of someone who's in a compromised position is beyond me. But that wasn't Boaz. Guys, that's not us. That's not our calling, right? Neither it is the calling for any person. We want to build up and restore. That's what the mission that Jesus has sent us on, to restore, to find those things that are broken, to find those things that are lost, and redeem them and bring them to light into something good. And so it was with Boaz, with his love, For Ruth, okay? He praises her for her noble character and he honors her. He commits to do everything that she asks to rectify the situation as soon as possible. He's not like, okay, yeah, sounds pretty good. Maybe I could get around to that, I don't know, next year. Things were critical at her house. He knew that. She didn't have time to wait. And he was not, he's he's not one of those guys, let me think about it. He's like, I already thought about it. I'm ahead of you. I'm going to take care of it in the morning. Okay. In the best marriages, okay, we find the same elements of relationship found in this passage. She was respectful to him, okay, and vulnerable. And she appeals to his higher spiritual calling as a man, all right? Ladies, when it comes to the man that you're with, okay, uh, you know by this time, if you've been with him, you know, over three months, especially a year, two years, 10 years, you know every dumb thing about that guy, okay? You know it all. But, and and you can say, listen, that guy, I'll give him respect when he acts respectful, okay? Well, you may be waiting around. Men, like women, need encouragement and inspiration, okay? Sometimes it's not about, I'm going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated, okay? Well, that may not work because you don't want to be treated the way you deserve to unless you think more of yourself, all right? And so one of the things that men really respond to is respect. You know, some would say, you know, I would rather have love than respect. That's not a man. A man wants respect over love because his thought is, how can you love me if you don't respect me? And so she was respectful to him. Okay, that means a lot. And I'm telling you, it's inspirational. Even if your dude needs help in the respect area, You can help him by respecting him and giving him honor and inspiring him with that, as opposed to saying, I got to give you the bare truth. I hope you can deal with it. All right. Because that doesn't really inspire anyone. She was vulnerable and she appeals to his higher calling. Okay. Uh, She didn't say, you know what, Boaz, I don't know if you've seen me, but oh, I'm so good. And she didn't play at him for any reason. She's like, hey, I'm respectful of you. You know what? I honor your position here. And I'm calling upon your higher position. I could call upon you with my appeal and my good looks or whatever I've got. But I'm calling upon you with your higher calling as my guardian redeemer. And I, and I want you to act honorable according to that, okay? Okay. Helping a guy be more respectful, easier to respect, and to be more honorable is a process that men have to take on, women have to take on it too. We can spend all day picking each other apart, but at the end of the day, you're just tearing your whole life down as opposed to building up what you know is best. Building up that part that says, look, I know what, you have a spiritual covering over me. And you have an importance in my life. And I want you to live that out. Okay. That's, that's the real stuff. That's the stuff people like take notes. And they're like we're going to make a movie about this. Because this is inspiring. Two people griping at each other is not inspiring. Okay. Now let's move on. All right. He in return offers comfort and safety. And he honors her integrity. You get that? Comfort and safety and honor and integrity. Those were things that she needed a lot of. And guys, as tough as your gal is, okay? I'm sorry, ladies, if I'm going to come off like, oh, what an old guy. Well, newsflash, I'm over 50. Now, here's the deal. (sighs) To let your wife know that she can trust you and relax around you and to be comforted by you because your statement is, you know what? I'm gonna commit to take care of you. I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna be your guy and I'm gonna stand up for you, okay? And you don't have to worry about that stuff because I'm gonna take care of it, okay? I'm not gonna expect you to do that. I'm gonna take on that role. Now, some of you today might be thinking, well, that's old school. You know what? That's real life. Guys, if you skip out on the role of taking care of your wife and protecting her, you're missing out. Well, You might as well just live with a roommate your whole life and be buddies and just, you know, hey, you take care of this, I'll take care of that. When a man gets to stand up and say, no, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you, boom, things happen in your life and, and you signal to her, you know what? I can trust this guy. I can relax and I can be comforted that I'm safe with him. That this man is not going to take advantage of me. This man is going to honor me, okay, and respect my integrity. You see, what happens there? You got two people who are thinking the best, saying the best, believing the best in each other. Nobody's tearing anybody down. If anything's happening, they're getting lifted up and they're going higher. Don't you want that in your relationship? I hope you do. Because that's, you know, and, and you can say, you know, we've sort of fallen in a rut and we're all, especially all the COVID arguing. Why'd you say, why'd you say that? I don't know. Why'd you leave this here? It's just the worst. I, I, believe me, I know, I know myself. But I tell you, this should be inspirational to remind us. Think the best, believe the best, you get the best. Think the best, believe the best, you get the best, okay? Think the worst, act the worst. What do you get? The worst, okay. He commits himself to take care of her. In short, the best couples, okay? Best couples bring out the best in each other. That should be our goal. What can I do today? Say you're a manipulative person. What can I do today? how can I turn my manipulation into something good? What can I do today to help my mate become better? You know, if you're going to think that, think of manipulating someone, help them get better. All right. That is the key. They help each other. Okay. And they become greater than they would on their own. You become greater when you're Committed to that relationship and building each other up, you become greater than you are alone by yourself. That's just a fact. And that's when marriage gets good. It's not always that way, but we need to be reminded that that is the way to get there, okay? All right. Before he sends her home back to Naomi, and he goes and speaks with uh, the other guardian redeemer. he gives her what we call a security deposit. Let's look at verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone, could be recon- before anyone could recognize. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you were wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into six measures of barley and placed a bundle on her. Then he went back to town." All right, there goes that honorable stuff again, okay? Now, according to the text, according to the person that wrote this, there were no shenanigans going on, okay? And and if there had been shenanigans, they wouldn't care. You know, they're just, we're here, we're doing our own thing. What are you looking at? Yeah, I'm in his sleeping bag. Who are you? Get out of here. No. He was like, babe, I ain't going to mess with your reputation at all. And uh, so let's, let's hit the road, all right? I don't want people thinking bad about you or getting the wrong idea because, you know, it's a small town and people will talk, all right? Now, so what does he do? He just keeps blessing her. It's crazy, you know? He's like, you know, I'll give you something when you get married. No, he's like, hey, before you leave, let's get some of this grain, a lot of it, you know. There's some estimates that it was up to 88 pounds. <laughs> and so she was a strong girl, and he really loved her. I don't, we don't know the exact measurement, exactly what it was, because it changed through eras. But uh, needless to say, he blessed her. He said, give me your shawl, let's fill it up, and you can take that back home. And he split the town. Verse 16. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? When she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law, empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Okay, so it's like, just relax. Let's go see what's going to happen. You know, the other guy still has the opportunity to say, yeah, I'll redeem the land and I'll marry Ruth. Okay, so there's still like a bad probability, but probably not a high one because Ruth, I mean, not Ruth, excuse me, Naomi, the mother-in-law, would have probably prompted Ruth to go and hang out with that guy if she had but they both knew Boaz is the guy. And Boaz gives her a pledge, so to speak, of my intention. You know, if I was just gonna run off and say, got rid of you, fooled you, Uh, I know you're into me, but fine, I'm not into it, and he never calls, right? He never does what he says he's gonna do. Well, not him, he says, I'm gonna give you some grain to let you know that I'm investing in you, and I love you, and uh, I wouldn't do this for just anybody. I want you to see it as a pledge. My gift to you is a pledge of my commitment to you. All right, I want to pause the story here for a second, and then sort of take our attention all the way up into the New Testament and in today. One of the reasons that this book is so important to, to to people who are Christ followers is that it plays along with the story of Jesus and his the imagery that is borrowed for his relationship uh, with the church. That the church is not just a bunch of buildings and people wearing weird hats and stuff. The church is basically his group of people that are called out of the world that he brings to himself that are gonna be his followers and that he is committed to. And the the big story, okay, the big historical event, the big main deal with Jesus is this this, um, event where he, he comes along as a redeemer to redeem human beings that were busted, that were broken, that were filled with sin, that were cursing God, that were doing things against themselves. And God says, It's so messed up, the only way I can get these folks back to where they need to be is to redeem them. I'm going to send my son. He is the rightful heir, okay? He is the right kinsman redeemer who can come in and do the job. There was nobody else that had the pedigree of Jesus. And he came in, and he came, he said, to seek and to find that which is lost, to redeem that which is losing, that's going away. He came to serve among his people. That's who he is. And that's what he does. If you're a Christ follower, if you trust in him, Jesus has become your kinsman redeemer. And you think, well, that's kind of Im- weird imagery. We went from a marriage relationship, uh, dating, courting to What? Jesus and the church? That seems awkward. Well, it doesn't because he uses the same language. He speaks of the church as the bride of Christ. That's the, and he sees himself as the bridegroom, okay? And so here's the big picture. I don't know if you've heard this before, but you've got a lot of reading and catching up to do if you haven't, and it's good reading, by the way. But the, the deal is, here's what happens. He goes, he, he he is murdered on a cross, but he says he does so uh, for the sins of the world. And then he's rose again to life. And he says, all right, there's about 500 people around. He splits and he says he's going to come back one day. But in his absence, we, like right now, people who are Christ followers are waiting, have his promise to return, okay, and to fulfill his promises to the T, Why? Well, we know his character. He's of noble character. He's not a liar. God's not a liar, okay? And and so he's going to make good on those promises that he said, and so we're looking forward to that, and the world should be looking forward to it because it's going to be a better place. All right, that being said, Paul, uh, who's a a, a Christ follower in the first century, um, he had this to say, very telling. He said, in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation, okay? When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always the, the, the word and the language that's used, words and language that are used is that of uh, gifts. He has the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the presence and the provisions of God's Holy Spirit in your life in the absence of Jesus physically, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You see, the Holy Spirit, his mark upon our life, if you say, look, I'm tired of all of this and I'm going to trust God. So I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. I'm going to ask him to, to be a part of my life. I recognize that I need somebody. Ruth was a, didn't have, she was an advantage and she needed somebody. She knew it. Boaz needed, he know, knew that he needed someone. So what happens? The two come together. In this case, God says, all right, I know that you need me and I have provisions for you and I will forgive you and save you. I'll make you a part of my family. But until I come and make everything right, in my absence, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And he he marks us as possessions of God. We belong to God. He convicts us of our sins, messing up, and keeps us clean and safe. You read that in John 16. He teaches us about our Lord, about Jesus and his kingdom and who he is and what he's all about. Okay. He helps us in our weaknesses. He prays for us even when we don't know how to pray for ourselves. He sanctifies us. You say, wait, that's a really big religious word. That just simply means that he keeps us cleaned up and keeps us moving even when we get messed up and and he keeps us heading in the right direction and he aids in our maturity as a spiritual being and he is keeping us as a promise as a gift from the lord okay until he returns for us you say well well, this took a, a big turn dave that's right because throughout scripture we have themes that are introduced and the further we go along in the timeline and then when we hit especially the New Testament and you find Jesus there all of a sudden these things have even greater meaning and more impact because it's one thing to to get some good you know uh dating device I mean advice or uh good advice on on finding a mate yes that's important But the bigger issue is that God wants to redeem you, okay, for himself. God wants you to be a part of his family and to be a part of him and he values you. Even if other people have thrown you away, he values you and he's looking for you. The question is, are you willing and ready to let him in? as I think about it, you know, I don't want to leave you today, okay, without giving you this opportunity and admonition. First, I'd say, listen, if you're thinking about following God, if you're thinking about possibly taking a chance on this Jesus, let me give you just a little nudge. Okay, it's things that we can learn from Ruth. Be vulnerable with God about your needs. Be vulnerable with God about your weaknesses, okay? There's no room for pride when you're dealing with someone that knows the truth anyway. Be respectful to the Lord in your daily life. Honor him with your words and your actions and your character. And know his book of promises, okay? Learn it, study it, read it, okay? And call upon him for daily provision and help, remembering that you belong to God. If, if you've never done that, you can just simply pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. You gotta mean it. It's not magic. You have to mean it. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Help me to follow you. I want to know you. I want to be my life to be redeemed. In you, I want it to mean something, and I need you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit until that day I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you prayed that. I hope you did. You'll never regret it. There's a lot of things you regret, but that's in the past. You'll never regret following Jesus. He is your kinsman redeemer. All right. The story's heating up. It even gets better next week. And this next week will be our final study. And I hope you'll be here. Until then, I want to leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. God bless you. See you next week.
0: This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.